Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast brought to you by and powered by AdCraft Sports, custom apparel, and merch. Since 1974, they've been there for you. You heard it in the ad read. You don't want to hear me rehash it, especially because we've got St. Xavier head coach Mike Feminist today. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Corey. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I, I, I got to start with, with you know, a food-related item here. I'm a little, I'm a little food-driven. Um, My favorite topic. So tell me, Coach, is Chicago-style pizza really pizza, or is that just a pie? Uh, well, it's pizza for us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how it is for the rest of the country, but it's, it's pizza for us, and uh, pretty darn good. What uh, What's your favorite topping? Uh, sausage and mushroom. Do you do the Chicago dogs as well with the with the with the pickle spear and all that all that jazz? Sure, I'm not an onion guy though. Not an onion guy. Yeah, I've I've never been up to Chicago. I got to get up to Chicago at some point, and um, you know, if, if you will, I'll take you to lunch and dinner. What's what's your favorite spot to to go get a what's 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 the pizza place? Oh God, there's so many, but uh, our pro- I'd probably our, our go to is, is Palermo's on Ninety uh, Fifth Street. Excellent. I, I know that a, a lot of those regional foods we talked about with with Coach Oliver last year or last week from Georgetown about Cincinnati style chili. I know a lot of the. Regional foods have some really heated rivalries between who's the who's got the best of of which. So I, I know declaring a side there is not a not an easy task sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take our food over anybody. Heck yeah! So, coach, looking over your schedule from a year ago, y'all started out with a whale of a schedule, and. Um, you know, John and I didn't know if y'all were going to be able to claw back, but claw back you did. You started out the season with five consecutive games against teams who were either receiving votes or were from a higher uh, league of play. Talk to me about starting the season off uh, and, and getting battle-tested like that. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm right or wrong with this, um, but I've... I, I've never been hung up on a record, you know, having to go undefeated and all that stuff. Um, um, you know, this will be going on year 25 and, and um, I choose to play as tough a schedule as, as we can, you know, and, and the mid States is tough enough. Um, and then, you know, you got the, you got, you got the crossovers um, with, with, the, with the great teams from, from the East, but um I, I'm always looking for challenges and, and, and I, you know, I, I know uh, what can possibly happen with that, you know, when it comes to it, uh, the national rankings and, and things like that. Uh, but I've, I've always felt like 
you know, uh, playing a, a, a University of Indianapolis, um, you know, where they played at Illinois State or Wisconsin Whitewater, Northwest Oklahoma, schools like schools like that. Um, I'd rather play those games and, and lose than play an opener and uh, against somebody that you're going to dominate. Cause I don't know if you you learn much by winning a game fifty to nothing. Um, so I'm not going to change. Um, I, I just I prefer it that way and. Uh, my bottom line for for 24 years now is, um, you know, ultimately if we end up winning, you know, your your conference, uh, you know, you're pretty much guaranteed to getting an automatic bid to the playoffs. I mean, our conference certainly will always do that. Um, you know, and then and then from there, you know, it's up it's up to it's up to you to take advantage. You know, look at look at what Kaiser did. You know, Kaiser Kaiser uh, had a very similar situation. You know, they played a hellacious first three games and. And um, ended up winning out in their league, and and obviously they make a they make a great run in the playoffs. So it's just a different, you know, everybody's got their own philosophy on things. And, um, and again, I'm not I'm not real hung up on my uh, my winning percentage and, and things like that. I, I want us to play the the best possible competition uh, uh, you can, and so that's what we've gone about our business. To that end, it's it's a conversation we've had with a with a lot of coaches on, especially now seeing what Kaiser was able to do with their three um, games against higher higher competition um, football. Um, do you think those games against like a University of Indianapolis, um, do you think those games should count for ranking in uh, for the NAIA polls? Well, I, here's my thought on it. One, I've, I've, I've been a Raider for, for – uh, over 20 years now. And, um, and now I've, I've been on what's called the oversight committee for the last five or six. Um, uh, I, I know my thoughts aren't necessarily shared with everybody, but my, my opinion is, is this not so much the, the division twos. Cause I think that the best NAI schools, the top NAI schools in, in most years are going to be competitive, uh, with, with most of the top 25 D twos. Uh, that's the way I've always explained it. Um, UND got us pretty good this year, um, but in the three previous times we played them, we beat them once, and the other two were were very competitive games. Um, so uh, I I wouldn't necessarily use the the D two as an example per se. Um, you know, when you're talking about the scholarship FCS schools, you, you know, if you go you know you go play in Illinois State or uh, whatever North Dakota, whoever it is. Um, I never, when I was a Raider, I never dropped a team for, for losing to an FCS school. And I, and I don't care, a scholarship FCS school. So I'm not talking about the, the non-scholarship ones. But I never dropped a team from, from losing to an FCS school. And then you also always take in consideration if, if you're playing, um, you know, a, a, a top, top Division two school. You know, if you, if you go play a, a Grand Valley State or Fair State or something like that. Um, and get beat, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop a, I wouldn't drop a team, but everybody has a different outlook on it. Some, some coaches just think, Hey, a loss is a loss and a win is a win. And, um, I've, I've never felt that way because I, I do think there, there is something to strength the schedule and, and, you know, playing, playing good people in your non-conference schedule if you choose to do so. And I don't, I don't, I don't think you should be harmed by it. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Talk to me about how good St. Thomas was. I mean that that team was. I mean that's that was a shocker to me coming into uh, y'all stadium and delivering a fairly convincing win there. Uh, St. Thomas is a good football team. Uh, they're very good and and 
you know, I give, I give coach credit for coming down and doing, um, a, a one-year deal with us, um, because, uh, it's one of those, though the, the Florida schools are having a very hard time finding non-conference games because there's only whatever there are six or seven of them down there. And it, you know, it costs them a lot of money to, 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 to come here for a year. And then they obviously, I think they had a guarantee game the, the week before, uh, before that, which, which helped out, um, you know, we've done our own, you know, I had to do a, a ton of fundraising about five, six years back to, to make two trips down to Florida, two straight years. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those things, everybody has a, a different situation. My guess is, uh, the Florida schools and, and maybe some others, uh, have it already in their budgets to, to have to have some of these travel games. Um, and my guess is they they probably need to do that to have to do it to, to function. Um, you know, we're in a situation where it's always been tough for us to get non-conference games. Um, but I also have to, to consider the fundraising stuff that we have to do at St. Xavier, you know, whether it be f- facilities or, or anything else. Um, so it's one of those situations at that time, five, six years ago, I was able to do it. Um, you know, now we're in a situation where we've got some other needs at, at St. Xavier that, that needs my attention from a fundraising standpoint. So, um, you know, that's why we're, we're looking, you know, we look for, we're looking for some closer games, you know, uh, you know, in, in the future, but, um, you know, we're locked in this year. We got, we got 10 right now and uh, we're able to cross over and then add an extra crossover to our schedule this year. So, um, you know, we open up, uh, at St. Francis, Indiana, at Marion, uh, then home against Indiana Wesleyan. So those oh, are geez. those are first three. So that'll be fun. Oh my gosh, you're you're running the gauntlet basically. The only one you you ain't got on that first three is is Concordia out of the traditional um, mid east gauntlet. Um, that's going to be really interesting with with uh, an Indiana Wesleyan team without Coach Langs there with uh, their new coach, the offensive coordinator from from Morningside. Yeah, I, I, I texted uh, Coach Ryan right after that. I said, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I, I know <laughs> so, you uh, definitely appreciated that. Um, I, I'm sure I'm sure they won't skip a beat. You know, Indiana Wesleyan is certainly one of those schools where, uh, you know, they're very well funded and, and, you know, their facilities. I haven't been there yet, but just from what I've heard and from what I've seen, um, they're probably as good as any at our level and, and probably as good as, most at the D2 level and even some FCS schools. I've, I've seen the videos and I'm sitting there going, that's, that's really well done. Yeah, well, absolutely. Y'all turned it around off of a, off of a one and two start there. Um, and, and you're two and two heading into Midwest play and you hit the ground running. You take the rest of your, your division by storm. You, you come back, you, you win the division in, I know you're, uh, you know, you had said that, oh, I'm, you, you know, I'm not about winning percentage, but I do want to point out that in the history of collegiate football, there have been less than 100 people in the 140 some odd years that collegiate football has been played that have accomplished the 200 win mark. Uh, and you are now one of them. So I do want to say congratulations. Um, you, you, uh, passed Mike Van Deest. So, so, uh, no, from My a, guy. Yeah, so from an NAIA perspective, you know, that's that's a really that's 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 saying something. Well, I, I appreciate it. That uh and um 
unfortunately, the the you know the W's go under one name, but uh, the reality is, uh, it's it's the players that win games for you, and then we've had a, a ton of great ones, um, and then besides that, um, uh, I think every head coach will say this, but your assistant coaches do ninety nine point nine percent of the work, and and that's always been a reality for us. Uh, my offensive coordinator Mark Gannell has been with me from from day one. Um, and uh, the vast majority of our staff are, you know, football alums. Guys have been close with the program for forever. So uh, we've we've been very fortunate with what we have at uh, um, uh, at SXU, and um, you know, it's a it's a compliment to all the guys that have, that have played for us and the coaches that have been here. So, coach, looking back at your your schedule, I I swear, y'all. Uh... Y'all gonna stop uh, scheduling University of St. Francis for that last game? Y- y- y'all got to start putting them them away early and not making so much drama. But I'm I'm here for it as long as you have them scheduled last because that is that's becoming an instant classic game every time you play them. Well, it's a it's certainly a, a special game for me personally. Um, it, you know, it, it it holds you know in some ways more more weight than than any other because it's. It's my alma mater. I, I've been there for, I was there for, for 13 years. Uh, I was on their first football team in 1986 and I started coaching right afterwards. And, um, uh, you know, they gave me my first full-time opportunity, uh, back in, back in 1994. And, um, you know, so, and so I was there as an assistant from, from 90 to 98. So, you know, their athletic director is, is one of my best friends, He's my former roommate and, you know, coach Curry, uh, I coached. <laughs> so, uh, there, there's just a lot of relationships there, so it's a it's a very difficult game for me personally. Um, I can't wait for it to be done. You know, I, I I will always say this. I've said this for 20 some years now. I hope they go 10 and one every year. Um, and and the reality is is that, you know we we've certainly been been fortunate to be on the the winning end of it. But um, I, I think I, I want to say six of the last seven games have come down to the last quarter last five minutes whatever it is I mean they've all been you know seven points or less and and uh that's just going to be the reality of that game you know um and unfortunately I don't think it's going to be the last game this year I think I think we're in a new scheduling cycle and I think uh, matter of fact I know it's it's more in the middle part of the year and uh because uh coach Curry he already let me know that that, that's going to be their homecoming this year so I said well that's fantastic news too and uh um but it's it is it's a it's a it's a fun game to it's a fun game to to play in uh, for our for our players. I'm not sure I would term it as fun, um, you know, because it's always it's always you know bittersweet at the end. I always tell them beforehand, I'm going to try to beat your brains in, and then uh, you know afterwards you're you're happy, but you're also you know you feel bad for people that that you, that you really care about. Yeah, the last time that y'all had two consecutive seasons of of beating them by multiple scores uh, is 2013-2014 with a 37-25 win and a 28-13 win. Um, the uh, only game since then that's been multiple scores was 2018's 44-28 win. Um, otherwise, they've been all absolute instant classics um, from that point there. Well, Coach, it's, there's always been a dichotomy um, of, of sorts between at least fans between the Mideast and the Midwest of, of the mid states. And you've, you've got, you know, the, the, the gauntlet of the, 
of the Mideast. And, and honestly, the Midwest is, is no better uh, with the teams that you've got to play. Um, and now we've got a little bit of, of moving, moving around as, as MOBAP is going to head off to the, to the heart to uh, fill, backfill some, some teams there with some moves being made there. Talk to me about the overall direction of the of the Mid States Football Association and, and kind of where you see it see it going. Sure. Well, I mean, it's it's always been interesting because we we started out um, in the West. So back, you go back to 1999, and and we played in the West from from 99 to, to 2006, and then you know because there are so many Chicago schools, and and at that time you had. You had schools from as far away as, as uh, Geneva, Pennsylvania, oh, um, in the league. So, what sometimes you know when teams were were leaving um, or or new teams coming in, it was it was a situation where they they used the Chicago schools to kind of balance things out. So, um, we actually played in the East from from 2007 to 2012, mm-hmm. and um and to be honest i mean and that was a gauntlet too because you had ohio dominican was really really good when when they got in so you had ohio dominican you had st france indiana in their heyday uh marion was becoming a power and uh, so that was a gauntlet too and and we were fortunate we you know we probably had our, our well we did we had our we had our best teams uh we had uh, some incredible teams in that time that um you know, we won the conference three of the, the we won that side three to six years. And that was year we, you know, one of the years we won the national championship. And um, I think four of the other five years, we went to the semifinals. So, um, and, and then once a couple other teams came in, we got moved back to the West. When Grandview and William Penn left, uh, we got moved back to the West in, in 13. But the, the reality is the history of the mid-states, mid-states is, um, uh, it's it's kind of fluctuated between the the strengths. There have been years where uh, the, the West has been stronger. There have been years the East has been stronger. There have been years where we, they've been pretty darn close. Um, there, there's no doubt. I think the the East overall in the last five six years has been been the stronger side, um, especially with the you know the emergence of Concordia and you get Indiana Wesleyan coming in. And Siena has always been good, um, but I I do think that the gap was kind of closing a little bit last year and i think you saw that in some of the the crossover games um you know now with that um you know we are in a situation with with missouri baptist uh um uh leaving now and roosevelt uh going division two where you're going to have an imbalance so it's something that's that's already been discussed it's in the works uh to to move one of the the indiana schools over uh, to balance out the, the leagues, uh, which would probably happen as soon as 2024, I believe. Um, so I, I know there's discussion going on right now. Um, you know, my hope, honestly, my, my hope from a geographic standpoint, um, I, I think Marion's the most logical uh, from a geographic standpoint to, to come over to the, to the West. Um, uh, but I certainly don't make that decision. Um, I can make the recommendation, but I don't make that decision. That's going to be decided by, uh, you know, people above me. Uh, so I guess we'll see, we'll see where it's at, you know, but, uh, I think we're going to, we'll probably have more answers at our, at our, by our time, our spring meeting happens in May. Yeah, that, that seems, that seems about right. Um, for you to, to, to take the Marion out of, um, out of Indianapolis. I'm, 
you know, you've got so many other schools in Indiana that that kind of makes makes some sense there. You know, and the thing the thing you can do with it, you could no matter how you shake, whichever it likely has to be an Indiana school, but you know, you could do it. Um, you know, I've been on kind of the scheduling committee since the year two thousand. Um, so you can you can make it so the crossover games work where you know you could they could play their we could have them cross over all three of their games against their Indiana rivals you know so you you can do some some stuff to accommodate them just kind of like when we were in the East uh, we were still able to play uh, I think all the Chicago teams one way one way shape or form so it, it'll be workable. Excellent. So let's take a look at your team from from last year. You return a lot of good pieces. Uh, on your uh, offense, starting at your quarterback with Stuart Ross. you got him coming back. You've got Mario Price coming back at running back. You've got Kyle Quinn coming back at receiver. You've got a lot of, of, of spots coming back, all-conference all, uh, all offensive linemen and Alex Pavlov. Talk to me about getting even better on offense. Well, I, I think we have, a, we, we have a chance to be a lot better on, on offense. Um, you know, you mentioned Stu, who's been a, a very solid quarterback for us. Um, he's, he's won us two conference championships. Um, and, and yet we also realize that we have a very high standard here, you know, at, at, at that position. And we've had some unbelievable ones. Um, so uh, we, we brought some competition there. We had two transfer quarterbacks come in. Uh, we've had, a, we've had a, a great recruiting class coming in so far. Um, you know, you have the, the situation with a, a Justin Pringle where you're not sure if he may or may not come back. So if Justin does come back, you got an All-American type of talent coming back. Um, you know, Mario Price was our was our newcomer of the year. Uh, he's he's a he's a really dynamic talent that can play running back or receiver. It's going to kind of depend on uh, what happens with the guys returning. Um, um, Amari Venerable was, was another one. Uh, that you had managed. Mario was our all-conference running back the year before, but he was hurt the entire year until week 10. So, you know, if he ends up coming back, you got you got another playmaker there. But uh, Kyle Quinn had an outstanding year. Um, he's a very, very good athlete. Uh, Brant Tixon is, is an outstanding player as well, and if we keep him healthy uh, all year, because uh, he was, he was kind of bothered by the injured bug last year quite a bit, um, he's probably, he's definitely one of the top receivers in our, in our conference too. So we've, we've got weapons. Uh, we've, we've also offensive line, uh, we lose Jeremy Widmeyer, who's a, a big loss for us. Um, but we also get back, uh, probably our, our, maybe our best offensive lineman, uh, Colin Cox. Uh, he was slated to be our starting left tackle a year ago. Um, and then he tore his ACL in our fourth day of, uh, fourth day of summer camp. So he's, he'll be back 100%. You mentioned uh, Alex Pavlov. Uh, Alex is a really good player. Um, so we're looking him, uh, for him to take the, the next step, too. So we, we should be really good offensively. You know, I think uh, spring ball is going to be uh, you know, really interesting with, with some of the competition that's going on at, at some positions uh, uh, from an offensive standpoint. But uh, I, I anticipate that we're going to be really good. Defensively, it's kind of a tale of, of two parts of your defense where you've got uh, three really good DBs coming back. And, and I swear, if Kevin Countryman could catch half of those pass breakups, he'd be leading the NAI in interceptions. Um, with six interceptions and 12 PBUs there, um, 
you've got a really good defensive backfield between Countryman, Carroll, and Barnett coming back, but you lose a lot on your front seven. And, and I know you don't know the status of all of those guys on your, on your front seven, but uh, talk to me about replacing what, I mean, defensive line could be the second most important position on the field behind offensive line. Sure. Well, you, you potentially lose two big ones because, um, you know, uh, uh, Jaleel Holloway and Peyton Campbell, they've been two of the very best, if not the two best defensive linemen in, in, on our side for four, four or five years now. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, Peyton's done. Uh, he's a big loss for us. Uh, uh, Jaleel still deciding whether he's going to end up coming back to play or not, but he's graduating in, in May. And um, so again, uh, I, in, in one sense, uh, we were, we were very fortunate last year, Joey Markasovic at, at this time a year last year was, he, he was beat up. He he had a full-time job. He was all set to move on with his life. He has a degree. And then he came to me and and March and said, coach, I got the itch again. So, um, which, which, uh, I guess that helped a little bit when you, you get an all American uh, middle linebacker coming back. Um, you know, but that, that's, that's kind of where college football is right now on, on every level. And, um, you know, besides the, the, the transfer portal and NLI and all that stuff, you still got this, you know, the, the bonus COVID year going for another year. So it's, we are in a, just, a just a crazy, crazy, period uh in college football uh that i'm not sure we'll ever see again um but it's 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 really hard to manage your your roster and you know not sure who's gonna be here now i mean uh, shoot the fbs guys their coaches gotta be looking at their roster 10 times a day because guys are you know guys are in guys are out Uh, this guy at least for the transfer portal uh you know i signed another one because all it is is uh you know free agency is, is hit college football so guys are just they might as well make trades for God's sakes. <laughs> um, that's about, that's all about what's going on, but it's, it's trickled down to our level. So, I mean, I mentioned earlier, you know, three or four kids, maybe five kids that are in that situation where not sure if they want to come back or not, or get out with their lives. And, and um, so, you know, it's, it's just a, a very interesting situation. Um, uh, but uh, you're right. The, the defensive line is, is something is an area that we certainly got to re- replenish um, but our secondary is certainly a strength. Uh, you know, Kevin Countryman is definitely a, a playmaker. He's not real big, but he's, uh, he's, he's a really smart kid. Um, uh, he's pretty athletic and, uh, he's, I mean, he, he's, he's just, a, he's a football player. He's a, he's just a, he's just a football player. Um, Ron Carroll, I think is one of the top talented athletic safeties, uh, definitely in our conference, if not the country, and and Tyler Barnett, we moved permanently from a corner standpoint to to safety, and and he really took off last year. So, um, you know, and he's he's definitely going to take another step forward. So, that we're 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 very happy with where we're at uh, uh, in the secondary. We lose Joey, who's a who's one of the top linebackers we've ever had here, uh, but uh, that is actually a position where depth wise, we're pretty fortunate. We've had some. We have some really good guys who may not have heard of, but they're going to get an opportunity now. Uh, so I think we should be really solid there. And uh, but yeah, I think like you said, right now we got we got to replenish the, the defensive line and some young guys that are going to really need to step up. We're going to need uh, um, you know whether it's a, a transfer to to come in and help us or an incoming freshman 
that right now that would probably be my biggest area of concern. Honestly, you you mention it. Um, if NAI football is not a even better product at the end of 2024, 2025 than it was when we came into 2020, then then coaches should almost about be ashamed of themselves because with all of the transfer um, with all the transfers that are coming down because coaches are getting an, an, an ability from the higher levels to, to purge their rosters a little bit of, of unwanted players and trickle those down to, to the NAI level and you're getting a higher quality of player with a higher football IQ. Plus, you've had all these, these COVID years where you've been able to stockpile a little bit of depth and, and matriculate it through your program a little slower. If, if we're not a better league at the end of 2024-2025, we've, we've done something terribly wrong. Yeah, I think um, NAI football, it's, it's great football. I, I mean, it, it, it is. And I've, I've, always had the, I've always had the viewpoint of there's, there's FBS and, and then, you know, maybe FCS and then there's everybody else. I mean, we, we have definitely had years where, you know, I, I take our best teams and I, I think I, we go beat the best D2s in America. Uh, um, but I think when, when you're talking about uh, the, the D2s, the NAIAs, and even some of the top, you know, D3s, you know, it, in a given year, I think we could all beat each other. And that's why I just, and, and, and the reality is this, I use this when we recruit all the time. Uh, everybody knows about Alabama and Georgia and Michigan and, and all those the big guys. But if you ask the average Joe on the, the street, you know, who won the, 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 the FCS national championship or the D2 or the NAI, the D3, you know, most people, most people don't know that, you know, and, and, and a, a national championship is a national championship. And there's only, there's only five of them every year. So uh, I know when we won ours uh, back in 2011, it, it turned our campus and, and the South side of Chicago upside down. It was, it was a, it was a huge deal. And uh, it's a huge deal at, at a, a lot of these, a lot of these smaller towns uh, uh, where, where the, you know, the football program, the bat and the basketball and the athletic programs are, are everything. So I've always loved small college football. I think um, um, I've, I've been a part of the NAI forever since 1986 and, um, it's a great brand of football, and and uh, and I agree. I think it's I think it's only going to get better. Um, I really do. Well, coach, if you're if you're not improving, you're falling behind. It doesn't matter whether it's a football team. It doesn't matter if it's your own personal um, walk with with Jesus. It it, it don't matter. It, that's just the way life functions. So, what area of your program, on or off the field, are, are you really looking to improve this upcoming season? Well, I, I mean, if you say, I don't know if I would say a, a specific area, but I would say from a, from an expectation level, um, you know, our goal is to play for national championship every year. That's, that's, that's our goal. So, um, and, and I don't want to minimize, uh, you know, winning the conference championship and, and, and making the playoffs because I, I think that there's most schools that would love to be in, in that position. You know, there's only a, probably a handful that, that you can say are in that, uh, in that same situation. But, um, you know, the reality is we've won our conference the last two years and we've gotten beat pretty bad in the first round of the playoffs. And, and that's just, um, that's not going to work for me. So, um, we have, uh, you know, we, we, we've, we've talked to our guys about that. We've talked about, 
uh, we always talk about being accountable and being responsible and, and, uh, you know, looking in the mirror and, you know, if you're doing everything you possibly can to, uh, you know, in the weight room and, and conditioning and the classroom, everything to, to give yourself an edge to, to give us the best, uh, um, possible chance to, to win football games on, on Saturday. You know, are you doing everything that you can in your power, uh, to do it? And that goes for the coaches too. I mean, that's, uh, you, you know, we evaluate ourselves every single year and, and the way I look at it, if, if, if we're, uh, you know, if we're losing the first round for the last two years, it all starts with me. So, uh, I've certainly looked in the mirror and, um, you know, it's, it's, and it's kind of work in progress, exactly where the things that we need to, uh, improve upon. But, uh, I will say we are off to a great start. We've, we got, uh, um, we were fortunate a couple of years ago to, to add a, a full-time strength and conditioning coordinator for our department. Um, uh, and, and, and Jamie and, and his assistant Murph have done a great job with all of our athletes, but, um, I, I think it's been a, a big boost for, for our program specifically. So guys are working hard. They're chomping at the bit. And, um, like I said, I can't, I can't wait for spring ball to start. I know it's, it's, it's just around the corner. It'll be here before you know, it. and, 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 to me, honestly, the summer's the worst waiting of all. But um, we're, we're so thankful to have have Jan. We're, we're we can't wait to see what the MSFA, especially the Midwest, is going to do. You've you've got a lot of teams that are making really nice progress over over there, and you know having that um, you know three four way uh, depending on you know when Roosevelt moves over. I can't remember if they're moving over this year or next. Um, but having that three that three way challenge between St Xavier, St Francis, and and all of it Nazarene um, is all, always makes for good football. Um, you know, no matter when you get it. No, it does, and, and you know we're we're all so close in proximity that um, um, you know those are those are fun games to play. I mean, those are your, those are area rivals and. Um, you know, the schools get into it, uh, the fans get into it and it's, they're, they're great atmospheres. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's everything that you look forward to for, for, for really, really good quality Saturday afternoon of small college football. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF ball podcast presented by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. Thanks also to Leading Edge Fundraising for their support of the podcast. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.